Hello and welcome back to the Sunrise Room. I'm your host, Maddie. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm honored that you're here. And I am very excited to get into today's topic, which is going to be being alone. And this is essentially something that I've spent two years figuring out, failing at, starting to master, balancing. It's something that I found to be super crucial in figuring out who I am, what I want, where I want to be, who I want in my life. This is pretty much what started me figuring out who I was. This is how it all started for me. And this has been the only video and topic that's been requested repeatedly by pretty much all of my friends and listeners that have reached out. Um, It's something that I feel is very controversial, especially what we're taught, and that I'm here to disregard and break down all those stereotypes and talk about my opinions and thoughts on being alone, how it benefits you, and finding the balance between being alone and socializing because we do need both. We are human beings. I need people. I need my family and my friends just as much as anyone else, but I also need time alone. And so I'm going to be talking about that balance a little bit today and more so in the next episode. So far, my layout is splitting this topic into two episodes. I might stretch it out to three or spread out the third episode a few weeks ahead just because it's a lot of information and I can always talk about this, but I have tons of other things I'd like to talk about. But today I'm going to be talking about being alone and I'm so excited that you're here. So let's get into it. So something I really realized when you want to better yourself And you kind of come to a point where you're like, is this really all that there is? You know, it's just that moment of stopping and pausing and it's introspection. And so when I started, you know, focusing on my habits and paying attention to my habits and coping mechanisms, whether they were healthy or not, is that I chose to be alone over company. Always being alone was a way I used to avoid my anxiety. At least I thought that's what being alone did. Um, I was really, really social my freshman year. I went out a ton, was always with friends, I was constantly with people, and I never gave myself the opportunity to recharge. So I burnt out about halfway through my freshman year. I could not go out anymore. I couldn't engage in any form of social interaction that involved other people. There were a few people that I really loved that I'd met my freshman year that I'm still friends with, people who always checked in and... I'm very grateful for those people because I was going through a rough period just trying to find a balance for my mental health and these people just stuck with me and I stuck with them and I it was a very valuable lesson in the long run. In the moment, you know, I, I wasn't really appreciative of it, but looking back, those people are crucial. You know, when you're working on yourself, there are people that stick out and stand out because they stay by your side no matter what. And that takes courage and bravery and patience on their part as well. So I appreciate you. I know that you're listening. First semester drained every ounce of my emotional being. I took myself out of all of my friend groups. I'd found out I'd absolutely bombed my Algebra 1 class and I'd never gotten anything below an A in my life. Don't roll your eyes because school was something that I excelled at and it brought me joy, actual joy. You know, grades were one thing but I enjoyed being close with my teachers, putting effort in and learning. Learning is probably my favorite skill and hobby. I am a nerd. If you have not learned that yet from listening to this or listening to me in person, hello, I am a nerd and that's just who I am. 
And I hadn't done that in the first semester. I didn't get to enjoy school. It was something that I loved and I'd deprived myself of it by focusing on other things. And it cost me my performance and my connection with teachers. And at this point in my life, I was valued by two components of my identity, how I did in school and how I performed in athletics. That was all I was good for, externally and internally. But my math teacher and I had honestly gotten off on the wrong foot, which made me not want to engage with her in any sense. I couldn't go to her for help, but I needed her. So I started hanging out with her more, going after school and before school for help, and we started eating lunch together every day. There were other people in the room during lunch, but I worked on homework and kind of hung out with her, honestly. She asked me one day, she asked me one day if I had any friends. I will never forget it. It was the funniest thing ever. It was the first time someone had ever asked me that, and I just laughed. I was so used to being social and being involved in volleyball and just always being animated, and I was just so caught off guard that she assumed I was lonely. And I looked at her and automatically said yes, because I did have friends. And I didn't want her to ask again because I knew deep down that I did not. I didn't. I didn't have friends. At that point, I'd cut myself off from everyone. She was my only friend. She was my only friend. Um, but I do love her and I literally appreciate her so much. She was the greatest person that I'd met that year. But it was really depressing to realize that my Algebra 1 teacher was my only friend on campus. But literally after this day, the next day, I think it was the next day. I don't really remember how I met her, but I befriended this person who just lit up my life. She was the best person I'd ever met. And she introduced me to her group of friends. And it was like this breath of fresh air. I'd never met people like this before. Girls who were so genuine. I honestly didn't believe it at first. And I went to an all-girls Catholic high school. My first year of high school. Just putting that out there. And I'd taken myself away from this life that I'd been thrown into the minute I got to school. Isolated myself from everyone and everything. And chose to start over. I actually ended up transferring from that high school. The place I was at just was not for me. And I'd realized that even when I was at my, you know, quote unquote, happiest with these new girls, I still didn't feel at home. Solitude became how I figured out what I wanted and needed. Being alone taught me to actually pay attention to how I was feeling. When you're constantly surrounded by people and activities, you have no way to really access your emotions. There's really no way to become in tune with your mental health when you're constantly focusing on going out and doing things and being around people who don't pay attention to their own well-being. Granted, we were 14, no one cared about themselves and took care of themselves, but when you realize that you want to start doing that and you're around people that haven't realized that yet, it's difficult to be in that situation. And it's difficult to talk about, you know, I really need to take care of myself. I was 14. I couldn't say that. So I realized at least that I did not want to be at this school anymore. It initially had started because I couldn't handle being social anymore. I never rested or took care of myself and I burnt out really quickly. I didn't know how to take care of myself. But I was confident enough to know that the situation I was in was not going to benefit me in the long run. So I took myself out of it. 
and that was the first decision I ever made that I made for myself and no one else. My sister went to this high school, my older sister, and we actually got to spend one year together. I was a freshman, she was a senior, and then she graduated. It hadn't really been an option for me to go anywhere else. There's a, there's another school. There was like three. It was the all-girls school, the all-guys school, and then the co-ed school, and the three, the Catholic high school, Trinity in my area. And it was not an option for me to go to the other school, but I made it one when I told my parents I wasn't happy. And so I transferred. And I adjusted after a few months. My sister was in New York and out of the house for the first time, and it was really hard not having her here. And my best friend went to a different school. I again, I just befriended my math teacher. I like big time. I loved her so much. I ended up TAing for her my junior year before, you know, COVID, but I just absolutely loved her. She was hilarious and loud and crazy. And I love math. I do so much. It was the only subject I've ever really felt like passionate about. I'm I would say I'm a naturally gifted writer, but math was always a problem that required my solving, my effort, my hard work. And I just really bonded with my teachers. I had three female math teachers in my high school career that just were my best friends throughout high school. And I'm not ashamed. They're truly fantastic people and I wouldn't be where I am without them. They were just, you know, amazing. I definitely found a lot of answers to a lot of problems that I had from them and I wouldn't change any of those relationships looking back now. The funny thing about this new school is that I was going to school with someone who'd absolutely hated me since birth. Like, just hated me. And we were always pinned against each other throughout our entire childhoods. We were always, like, the strongest in whatever sport we were playing, so we always competed against each other. And... For the first time in our lives, we were on the same team. We had to figure our stuff out. And there was never really a conversation about our history and, like, hating each other for the past 10 years. But we just spent a day together and felt so stupid for not having been friends sooner. She became my person at school. We played high school and club volleyball together for two years. She was wild and crazy and fierce and the most loyal person I've ever met. She had my back no matter what. And to this day, she she truly taught me what a real friend looked like and acted like. And I made some other friends, really good ones. Ones where I messed up the friendship or they did or we both did. It's high school. The whole thing is a disaster. I still wanted to be alone. I did stuff in the morning because I, you know, didn't know who to sit with. And the worst part about school for me was lunch. Like, who was I supposed to sit with? We had this really weird schedule where half of the school would have early or late, depending on your class. I don't even, honestly, I don't even remember how it worked, but it just sucked because some days I wouldn't have any of my friends and I'd eat alone and they'd all have lunch together or whatever. It was just anxiety inducing, um... And I didn't know who to sit with, if there was enough room, you know, whatever. And so I just chose being alone. That was how I coped with anxiety or any form of embarrassment. I took myself out of situations that stressed me out and resorted to isolation. But it was not healthy. I had a problem. And I isolated myself not just from the situation, but 
but from feeling the emotion instead of healing it. I took myself away from everyone. It helped me in, you know, instantaneously, but in the long run, it was hurting me. I never was honest with people who hurt me. I just isolated myself from them. I ran, no explanation. It was too much for me to be around someone who hurt me, so I left. And I never learned how to confront those emotions. I didn't tolerate anyone who disrupted my peace or made me feel bad, so I spent a lot of time alone. And it just hurt because I started isolating myself from everyone. Anyone I loved or enjoyed, I chose to be alone. And it became something I did to avoid my anxiety and any other emotion for that matter. And whenever I did go out, I'd have horrible anxiety the entire time. Or I'd not even go out and cancel the plan because my anxiety was so overwhelming. So I was alone and afraid and unhappy. I wasn't doing anything fun by myself. I was on my phone watching everyone else live their lives and feeling sorry for myself because I couldn't do what they were doing. Being alone was a punishment. And I compensated by trying to be a really good friend to people in my life. People, I people pleased my way through relationships. And I burnt out again. It was a vicious cycle of feeling on top of the world when I made someone happy and hating myself when I was alone. If I ever felt really good, it was because I was trying hard to make other people happy and then I'd be exhausted and have nothing left for myself. So I went through something during junior year. It's so fuzzy, I don't even really remember what happened, honestly. But it felt like the rug had been pulled out from underneath me and I was like flipped upside down. It cost me everything. And I tried to do the right thing in my mind. And in my mind, I did. These were things, you know, there were things that happened that week that resulted in me not going to school. People spit on my car, threatened me, threw food at me at football games. It was just one of those like classic high school movies, you know, it was awful. Um, when everyone hates you for something you did when you were trying to please other people and help other people, it feels like you're the villain. And I thought I was going insane. And one of the worst things about high school gossip is if you try to write the rumors, it just adds fuel to the fire. There was literally one person who stayed my friend through this whole thing. Like I knew everyone was talking about me behind my back. Everyone except her. And it's the girl I talked about earlier. The person I'd known my whole life who'd hated me was now the only person who believed me, who defended me. It's crazy that when I felt most alone, she was the only person who made me feel seen. And she taught me how to be fearless, to fight back, to stand tall, that if I knew the truth, that's all that mattered. So with this whole thing happening, I isolated again, more so than ever. And I was constantly afraid. I didn't feel safe at school. I did not play volleyball anymore. I had nothing. And right when I decided to drop out and enroll online, COVID hit. Literally the day before I was going to submit my application and do online school. It was honestly like the triviest day of my life. I was fully committed, ready to make a decision for my mental health. And then the world locked down. And I didn't have a choice. 
So this is again what led up to me just wanting to figure everything out. I felt really weak after all this had happened. I'd had one person through this truly. And I didn't like, I don't like depending on other people. And so I didn't like depending on her. And I had myself, but I didn't like her, utilize her or help her. But my sister was home. And she was really benefiting from this newfound, deep spiritual connection that she'd made out on her own in New York. And COVID had sent her home. And I was intrigued. And I've talked about this all in my episode called My Sunrise Room. I released it a few weeks ago. But basically, her and I really bonded over this. It helped us heal through stuff only we both experienced. Things that we still work through together today. And I'm really lucky I have her. She's my rock, my biggest fan, and the strongest person I know. And so I realized I wasn't ever alone. Ever. At my worst, I still had people who loved me. But I was isolated on purpose and ignoring the person who had experienced all the pain firsthand, who is still standing by my side, me is the unhealthiest thing that had happened to me. Isolation is unhealthy. Not letting people help you or love you is sabotage. But being alone and making the conscious decision to recover and regroup in your own space and on your own time is healthy. Up until this point, I'd only ever isolated when I had problems. I never made the decision to be alone in a healthy way, in the hopes of getting better. I knew that being isolated still brought me pain. And again, in quarantine, I was forced to really see what I did when I was alone, how I talked to myself. And I was unhappy and unsatisfied with all of it. And now I was forced to be alone when it was the last thing I wanted to do. I was forced to isolate which is something that I like to do on my own terms, and now I was being told to, and I didn't want to do it anymore. It was very interesting how this all happened. I wanted an opportunity to experience things I'd taken for granted. I wanted to live life now. I was worried I was never going to get it back. I'd chosen to isolate myself from the good things too because I didn't think I was worth it. When you isolate, you take yourself away from everything and everyone, good or bad, because the bad in your mind outweighs the good. I'd rather avoid a great night for the chance of something small and bad happening. That's where my mindset was. I stripped myself of any joy for the fear of feeling a small amount of pain, even though I knew I could take it. I'd taken it my whole life. Being in quarantine made me regret staying in all those nights when I'd had no reason to. It made me feel like an idiot for letting people make me feel small and insignificant. So I realized three things. I was not alone. I wanted to go out now now that I couldn't. And I was stuck alone all day until this thing lifted. Little did I know. For once, I was grateful for everything that had happened to me. Everyone who hurt me. Everyone who made me feel small. Everyone who I wasted my time on. 
I was grateful that I could look back at how I screwed up and be glad that I had at least been out in the world existing in some way. I have anxiety, y'all, so I jumped to the worst conclusions with the pandemic. I thought I was going to die every day I woke up. I thought that I was going to die feeling sorry for myself, angry that I let other people dictate how I saw myself and how I talked to myself, and I was angry that I'd sacrificed my personal power in order to not offend other people. I thought I was going to die not having been real. And there's always going to be, you know, that near-death experience trope in the cinema world. The person who takes life for granted almost gets hit by a bus and then vows to love everyone and everything they encounter because life is too precious not to. I didn't know if this was it or not, you know, but I was terrified either way. So I wanted to survive in any way I could. Spending time alone became my new favorite weapon. The first few weeks of the pandemic, I was stripped of the two things I best identified with. School and sports. I didn't think I was interesting or had anything else to hold on to while I was alone. And that answer was not one I liked. So I did some digging. What did I like? I knew I liked movies, books, and food. So I made new playlists, read books I'd always wanted to, went on walks with my dog and tried cooking. I found I was kind of fun to be around. I liked being spontaneous, trying new things that I'd never allowed myself to do before because I was a serious student athlete who had no time for fun or stupid hobbies. So I started with the space I was spending all of my time in. I wanted to make my room comfortable and exciting. I hung up new artwork and collages I made framed things I'd been meaning to, bought myself new flowers every week, got candles, a diffuser, a new blanket. I organized my bookshelves first by color and then by genre and in alphabetical order. I organized my closet by color, hung up new string lights after my old ones had burnt out, painted it a new color, got really into plants. That's something I now view as a reflection of my personal well-being. If my plants are wilting because they're being neglected, it's time to water them and take a self-care day for myself. And I looked around and noticed that I'd neglected my room. That it was dingy and sad. It was depressing. And I've talked about this in a, you know, other episodes, how your energy is reflected into your environment and in the things around you. And my environment reflected sadness. It just did. And I was going to be in this room for God knows how long. So I repainted it by myself and made it a space that I could grow in. I actually have a little um, wooden sign above my plants that says, good things grow here. And I have it. So I want every day I wake up, I see it. It's really cheesy. It was like six bucks from Pier 1. But it's the little things, right? And I look at that every day. And I think about my plants and I think about me. And I just made it a vow to grow in here in any way that I could. And I love being a plant mama. I name them and take care of them and they add to the room and purify the air and they're just wonderful. My room I viewed as my own apartment. I could be whoever I wanted to be by myself. I could dance to ACDC at two in the morning with my AirPods in while eating truffles or 
I could be meditating with candles lit, holding crystals in my hands and chanting my mantra. Strength surrounds me. Love guides me. Peace fulfills me. I could be anyone I wanted to because no one was watching. I could be hundreds of different people because there's so much to me, so many layers. I'd never really gotten to know because I never gave her the light of day. I was concerned with everyone else. I figured out what I liked, what I didn't like, things that made me burst with excitement and things that made my skin crawl. I got to know myself. With my space being this new place, I could do anything and everything I wanted. And I realized my destructive behaviors really started to fade away and were replaced by new and healthy ones. I started enjoying being alone, not because I had nothing or no one, but because I had everything I needed right where I was. And on top of that, I had people in my life who loved me, despite my negative behavior of needing to isolate. People who loved me just because they did. People with immense patience. I had me the whole time, through everything. I walked onto campus when people hated me. I wiped away my tears every time. I got out of bed and pushed. And on the days I didn't, I learned to be gentle and take care of myself. When I started to enjoy my own company, I still didn't love myself. I just had learned to silence the demons. It was a reframing of mind that kick-started everything. I started paying attention to what I ate and how it made me feel. Without a sport for the first time in my life, I still needed to exert energy to sleep. I tried yoga, Pilates, at-home workouts, which I did not like at all, and lifting weights. I went on walks, got into podcasts, tried cooking, baking, journaling, meditating, guitar, painting, crocheting, writing, editing videos, scrapbooking. This is probably my favorite activity to do alone. My brain and I just love organization and having things in one space. And I love getting the Fuji disposable cameras and then, you know, getting them developed. And I got into making albums. And it's such a fun way to relax and be creative and just have fun. I do it all the time and I love it. And I love going back and looking at, you know, my albums of my friends and I from like the summer or whatever. I got to redesign myself without sports. It had been my identity since I was three, and it was one I didn't like. And I didn't like how I dressed, so I changed my style. One that I actually resonated with. Didn't like my hair, cut it. Got piercings because I wanted to. When you spend time alone, everything becomes clear. Who you are, what you need, and what you want. And sometimes the truth is brutal and overwhelming, and I get that. It felt that way for me at first. It took me, it took me months to be okay being alone. It took me weeks to have fun being alone. But I wanted more because I knew I deserved more. I wanted more time with myself because I was really starting to enjoy her. My coworker during the end of 2020 had given me the brilliant advice to date my dog. I took him on dates. We went on walks, drives to the snow, the beach, anywhere, anything. 
And that was amazing. I absolutely love him so much, so much. And then I kind of started going by myself. Just drives, trips to the grocery store. I watched the sunrise every day. Ate breakfast outside in my backyard. Just coffee and journaling. I put passion into the supposedly most mundane parts of my day. Dishes? Headphones. Laundry? Headphones. I made yoga and exercise something sacred and meaningful. I spent a lot of time outside with my dog, just talking with my sister. And the best thing to change how you view things is looking at how you tell yourself to do something. Change the I have to mindset to I get to. I get to do the dishes and take the trash out because I like having my space clean, ready for tomorrow, and ready to crush life. You get to do things. You exist. You're on this planet. Enjoy the things you dread because it'll make you appreciate the good things so much more. I was working in the dessert diner at this time, dating, you know, someone I'd met during my last weeks of senior year. And the diner really brought me a ton of joy. It was fun to work in the place like this. It was fast paced, great cake and I, you know, whole deal. Um, I was always busy, but I would work every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday until 2 a.m., 5 p.m., you know, until 2 a.m., about that. I found myself sacrificing all of that time in the evening and then practically living with my boyfriend during the week. And after all that work I'd put in during the first few months of the pandemic, I felt I was burning out again for the third time. And so I needed stuff to change. But because I put in so much work getting to know myself and establishing boundaries and figuring out what I want and what I need and how I work, setting boundaries with other people became natural. The relationship had gotten unhealthy and I was dying working at the diner. And I'd gotten another job working with kids, which just worked so much more for me. Because I'd spent time alone working on myself, learning to love and explore all parts of myself that I'd never even known were there, allowed me to finally choose myself over other people. Spending time alone became my way to regain personal power. I'm not saying when you spend time alone, your life in the grand scheme of things is going to be easier. It'll honestly be the same, but because you're really in tune with what you need and want, it's so much easier to fight for yourself. And it's so much easier to hone in on your personal power. I let people walk all over me. I let them make me feel bad for existing. I let them make me feel small. Because if everyone else was happy, I was happy. I had nothing left. I had no power. Because I existed to benefit other people. But I exist for me. I'm here to live a life that suits me. 
So we broke up and I quit. I was, you know, getting back to sleeping normal hours, more than five hours a night. I was actually going to class. I started taking care of myself again and I got back on track. It didn't matter how hard it was to say goodbye to both of those things. If it cost me any aspect of my mental health, it wasn't worth it. I really figured out how to take care of myself in any situation. I knew what worked for me. And I know that isolation now isn't healthy. But taking time to recharge, rest, and replenish myself alone is healthy. I love people. So much. Friends, coworkers, strangers, sister, family, whatever. I love people. But the only way I figured out who I was, what I wanted, and what I needed was being alone with the intention of enjoying it. Being alone isn't a punishment. You know, when we're sent to our rooms to think about what we've done when we're little kids, we're kind of taught that being alone is bad. That you need to be away from other people to think about what you've done. You know, time out, being punished. But if you really look at that, it's a time of reflection. Go to your room, be alone, and think about what you've done. But we focus on the act that hurts our feelings so much. You know that we're in trouble. We're not focusing on the general scheme of things. You're sent away to look at and take time and reflect. And of course, little kids don't realize that. Most adults don't realize that. But being alone promotes growth. And my friends have asked me how I enjoy doing stuff alone how I enjoy taking myself out, how I overcame my fear of being seen alone. And it started with realizing that I'm not alone. I'm with someone at all times. But paying attention to that person is how you understand how to enjoy your time alone. Find out what you like, what you want to try, and try it all first in the comfort of your own space. Be creative. This is what really helped me kind of decode my brain out of thinking this is stupid. It's looking at your relationship with yourself like a relationship with a partner who's trying to get to know you. They're taking you out on a date. You know, what What would you want them to do? Or So take yourself out on a date, right? Buy them something nice that you think would suit their needs or what they like. Treat them. And when you look at, you know, how you treat partners, that's just like a terrible example, but... Do those things in reflection of what you like. It's the coolest thing ever. It's your dream date with yourself. And yeah, it's, you know, not quote unquote not as special, but I think it's more special treating yourself and taking yourself out to do something that you freaking love. I buy myself pink roses and Arnold Palmer and some of these truffles that I really love every other Sunday. I like myself. I deserve a little sum sum for kicking some butt. And it's really important to make yourself feel special. Make your needs heard. Make your grievances heard. Make yourself feel seen and loved. You deserve that. So give that to yourself. This is really the first step of figuring out how to enjoy being alone. Figure out what you like. Who are you when no one else is watching? I know some people really struggle with being alone. And I did too. I didn't like it at all. But it's crucial. 
It's uncomfortable. It's not easy. But you are the greatest investment you'll ever make. So give it a try. And listen to a podcast or music and something that engages your mind and soul so you don't have to be in the silence. Do something crafty or fun. Exercise for your mental health. Make being alone enjoyable in any way you can. Because it's not a punishment. It's a privilege. Focus on what you need for once. You deserve it. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're inspired to try something alone today. Get to know yourself a little bit more in any way you can. If you have any questions, feel free to DM at the sunrise room underscore on Instagram or reach out to me on my personal account at Maddie Hess on Instagram in any way that you feel comfortable. I'm always open to suggestions, recommendations, comments, questions, and concerns. So feel free to connect with me on either of those platforms. I hope you all have a beautiful rest of your day and I will see you next week. Thank you.